And you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Streaming live on iHeartRadio. You can listen on demand anytime on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, or Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or drop me a voicemail at 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments and we might use your call on the broadcast. That number is 772-245-0750. Well, the contours of the motivations, uh, the Democrats' motivations in launching this latest impeachment effort are starting to come to light now. And we're learning that Bill Barr is over in Italy uh, having meetings with Italian and British intelligence officials asking tough questions on how the whole Russiagate uh, hoax effort to sabotage the 2016 presidential elections came about. Now, none of this should be a surprise to the Democrats. Bill Barr said even during his confirmation hearings that he was, in fact, going to do this. But now that he is uh, he's following through. With those promises, they're in an absolute panic over the deep state. And it's come to light that this so-called uh, whistleblowers uh, complaint never would have seen the light of day if somebody in the intelligence community, probably Gina Haspel, uh, had not altered the rules involving these whistleblower complaints to allow secondhand information to be used. And... Um, and you can tell they're in a panic, but because Nancy Pelosi was unable to even wait another 17 hours to find out what was compl- uh, actually contained in that phone call between Donald Trump and the Ukrainian president. Remember that Donald Trump had promised to release that call and said it would be done the very next day. But Nancy Pelosi preferred to proceed on the hearsay and innuendo that was com- contained in the whistleblower complaint instead. And then, oh, Adam Schiff at the House Intelligence Committee proceeded with a hearing, not on the actual transcript of the call, but on the whistleblower complaint that, as I said, would never have even been um, allowed under the rules that had been in place for decades and decades and that were changed sometime in August of 2017. That is when they secretly, they didn't notify anybody that it was going to happen, eliminated this requirement that whistleblowers provide direct firsthand knowledge of any wrongdoing. So this raises the question of who in the intelligence community changed these rules and why? The brand new version of the whistleblower complaint form which wasn't made public until after this uh, this uh, newest complaint came forward, eliminates the firsthand knowledge requirement and allows employees to file whistle, whistleblower complaints even if they have zero direct knowledge of the underlying facts. And remember that not only does this whistleblower traffic in secondhand accounts, but he fails to even name uh, 
any of the sources that he's uh, using to make these allegations. The new revised document, Disclosure of Urgent Concern Form, which the IG requires to be submitted under uh, the Whistleblower Protection Act, showed that this document was uploaded in September, actually September 24th, 2019 at 4.25 p.m., just days before this uh, this complaint was uh, was actually released to the public. The complaint, of course, alleges that Donald Trump broke the law during a phone call with the Ukrainian president. Now, all of this legality issue is is really a bunch of window dressing. What they're saying is that Donald Trump solicited something of value by asking um, the Ukrainian president to look into Hunter Biden's um, employment with this Ukrainian energy company that was under investigation and Joe Biden's um, demand that the prosecutor looking into it be fired on threat of not receiving a billion dollars in U.S. aid. The previous version of the whistleblower complaint declared that any complaint must contain only firsthand knowledge and said that the IC inspector general cannot transfer, uh, transmit information based on an employee's secondhand knowledge. If you think wrongdoing took place, the form says in bold letters, but can provide nothing more than secondhand Excuse me. Or unsubstantiated assertions, the inspector general will not be able to proceed with the complaint. It was it was all in bold type, and then suddenly it just disappears. In order to allow this one complaint to come forward, pretty suspicious, huh? Well, you got to keep in mind. That one of the people, one of the two people, Gina Haspel, that was in a, a position to change this form, was, when all of this went on, much of it in the United Kingdom, she was the CIA station head in London. So she may have been, in fact, knee-deep involved in John Brennan's efforts to undermine the Trump campaign. And she would definitely have a motivation to change this form. Sean Davis over the uh, Federalist has been doing an excellent uh, reporting job on this, and I urge you to uh, go online and read his columns. The uh, The mainstream news media is trying to discredit Sean Davis. They, uh, they published several reports stating that um, these re- re- this reporting of the whistleblower complaint being changed was somehow not valid. When you read these reports... You've, uh, these uh, these mainstream media reports, you find out that uh, they're not challenging Sean Davis's main assertions. They're just picking at um, at uh, you know minor details in the reporting. Not all of which is correct, by the way. Sean Davis's reporting is correct, but then when they finally admit that they were wrong. They give that very little coverage, push it way down the page, 
push the actual facts way down in the uh, in the uh, stories. And all of this is designed to change the public consciousness to try to discredit Sean Davis's reporting because these are damning facts. This is the deep state allowing uh, uh, innuendo and rumor to come forward as a whistleblower complaint, which would never have been allowed in the past. And what they're really saying here is that we're allowed to, um, to employ the entire intelligence and law enforcement agencies in the country against Donald Trump and the Republicans. But if the Republicans... Just with, you know, um, ask questions that that is somehow illegitimate. John Solomon was uh, uh, on One America News Network, and he was uh, he was actually talking about the long history of the Democrats involvement uh, with the Ukraine beginning uh, in 2016 in an effort to discredit Donald Trump and his campaign. I will say this. It is very hard for the Democrats to be the high moral ground on this because there is an irrefutable body of evidence that long before Donald Trump had that conversation. And let's let's give the worst case scenario to it. President Trump was trying to get a leg up in the 2020 election. Let's assume that's it. That is preceded by two years of Democrats knowingly and willfully soliciting Ukraine to try to get involved in our election. Again, facts in record, been reported on the record with documents. I reported that in January of 2016, at the beginning of the 2016 election, the Obama White House, the National Security Council, the Obama Justice Department, invited Ukraine prosecutors to Washington. First time they'd ever done it. They brought them to Washington, gave them a tour, talked them up real well, and they said one thing when they were leaving, we'd really like you to help us build a case against Paul Manafort, who was about to become President Trump's uh, campaign chairman. Uh, that gets lost in this. If, that, if President Trump's call is politicized, the Obama White House's overture is clearly uh, an effort to engage a foreign power in our election. But let's go further. In March and April of 2016, on the record from the Ukraine embassy here in Washington, so the official ambassador, Ukraine's official ambassador to the United States, gave me this statement. In March and April of 2016, the Democratic National Committee, in the form of a woman named Ms. Chalupa, came to the embassy and asked for the embassy to get Ukraine involved in the 2016 election. They asked for all dirt that the Ukraine might have on Paul Manafort. And they asked if when President Poroshenko, the Ukrainian president, came to the United States, if he could make a statement dirtying up um, uh, Paul Manafort in the Trump campaign. That is asking a foreign power to get involved in our 2016 election. And I'm, I'll take you up to just last month in August. Democratic Senator Chris Murphy of uh, Connecticut, a member, I believe, of the Intelligence Committee, if I remember, if not the Foreign Relations Committee, but important uh, senator, uh, goes to Ukraine. He meets with the new president, Zelensky. By his own admission, Chris Murphy admits that he, and brags that he did this, just like Joe Biden bragged he got the prosecutor fired. When I was there, I told President Zelensky, if you cooperate with Rudy Giuliani and President Trump to, uh, on Hunter Biden, you will lose your Democratic support for your foreign aid in Ukraine. Now, which party is politicizing and getting Ukraine involved in the election? Even if you take the position that President Trump was being political when he asked for that, it's preceded by two years of the Democratic Party repeatedly asking Ukraine to insinuate itself in the United States election. The double standard 
that the the media enforce in Washington D.C. and that explains a lot why why uh, Republicans are so shell shocked. They're acting like they have a Stockholm syndrome, almost entirely unwilling, except for just a few exceptions, to defend this president and point out this double standard and hypocrisy on the part of the Dems. The double standard is is just uh, blatant, obvious, and overwhelming. And they're desperate to try to shut Rudy Giuliani up. Rudy Giuliani is coming on these Sunday news shows and absolutely slaying the Democrats. And the Biden campaign in response uh, wrote the the, uh, networks and the cable uh, channels a memo on September 29th demanding that Rudy no longer be allowed to be on their air. It said, we are writing today with great grave concern that you continue to book Rudy Giuliani on your air to spread false debunked conspiracy theories on behalf of Donald Trump. Yes, false and debunked conspiracy theories. <laughs> that, that Joe Biden's son, in fact, got over $3 million uh, for a job he had no qualifications for and that only met twice a year to try to protect uh, that company from investigations uh, by the Ukrainian prosecutor. And when, in fact, that prosecutor got close, it paid off. Joe Biden had the prosecutor fired to protect the son or the, the company that was paying his son. It turns out it wasn't $50,000 a month that's had been previously reported it was eighty three thousand dollars a month totaling well over three million dollars that statement goes on says while you while you often fact check his statements in real time they they try their best to say whoa whoa, hold on rudy you're not allowed to say that by giving him airtime you're allowing him to introduce increasingly unhinged unfounded and deliberate lies into the national discussion we are used to having just a one-sided discussion, and this guy, Rudy Giuliani, is being way too effective at arguing uh, his point of view. We write to demand that in the service to the facts, you no longer book Rudy Giuliani, a surrogate for Donald Trump who has demonstrated that he will knowingly and willingly lie in order to advance his own narrative. So if if he were actually lying, they would be giddy about it because then they could go on and refute his lies with the truth and discredit him. But they know that they can't do that because he is in fact exposing uh, Joe Biden's criminality. And you've got uh, Bill Barr and John Durham digging into the Obama White House's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. Here's Rudy. I'm going to play you another clip that uh, was on George this week with George Stephanopoulos just to sort of illustrate why the Biden campaign is in such a panic that uh, that the uh, the Sunday shows are booking Rudy Giuliani motive evidence that the Ukrainians created false information that they were asked by the Obama White House to do it in January of 2016 information he's never bothered to go read. There are affidavits that have been out there for five months that none of you have listened to. 
about how there's a Ukrainian court finding that a particular individual illegally gave the Clinton campaign information. No one bothered to investigate that. Nobody cared about it. It's a court opinion in the Ukraine. The Ukrainians came to me. I didn't go to them. The Ukrainians came to me and said- When did they first come to you? November of 2016, they first came to me and they said, we have shocking evidence that the collusion that they claim happened in Russia, which didn't happen, happened in Ukraine, and it happened with Hillary Clinton. George Soros was behind it. George Soros' company was funding it. But you accept now that that's not true? I accept that it is true. I can prove it. (laughs) There are affidavits to prove that they were colluding with the Ukrainians, conspiring with the Ukrainians. There's a a specific person in the DNC who was designated to get this information. There are five Ukrainian witnesses under oath saying it that are online. And if you had any regard for equal justice under the law, you would be looking for those. Well, let me ask the following question to anybody at home. If I change the names of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden to Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr., 8 million from Ukraine while under an investigation, 1.5 1.5 billion from China while negotiating with China. Would I be sitting here, sir? Please let me finish. No, my but you just made. I know it's a damaging sentence. The 1.5 billion is simply not true. It is simply that true. Is, it is. It is not true. How do you know? See, Steph. Steph has to mobilize to try to to uh, push back on this because uh, Hunter Biden's lawyer said that uh, it wasn't true. So Hunter Biden's lawyer must be believed at all cost. Now George Stephanopoulos has no. Uh, investigative knowledge of Hunter Biden's and uh, and John Kerry's stepson Chris Hines getting this 1.5 billion dollar investment from China. He's just taking the word of Hunter Biden's lawyers because he's desperate to try to fend off Rudy Giuliani exposing Joe Biden's corruption. Oh, it's not true. Have you seen the documents? We've seen, we've seen what it would, the, the fund that you're talking about was yeah, set yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter Biden was on the advisory board. He wasn't an investor until 2017. And, the, and there's no evidence that they've gotten $1.5 billion. There's evidence that they got $1 billion directly from China, specific date, 12 days after they returned from a trip to China. There's evidence that another $500 million went in. And there are three partners, Rosemont Seneca, that's Hunter Biden, and the stepson of the, of, of the Secretary of State. The second partner is the Bank of China. And the third partner is a, play, a company called Thornton Group. And the principal of Thornton Group Chinese is nationals. Have you ever talked to Chinese nationals about let, investigating Hunter let, Biden or let, Joe Biden? Let me, let me finish this. <laughs> Maybe we can, we can uh, spread this false narrative about uh, Trump uh, trying to get dirt on, on uh, Joe Biden to China. Have you ever talked to China about investigating Joe Biden? Sentence before you try to figure out what I might have done wrong in revealing this evidence that you're telling me isn't true, which I've seen. So the, the principles. Well, others, are, others have, have counter evidence, and I'm, I'm responding okay. with that. Well, then let's investigate it. Maybe I'm have, wrong. Have you asked the Chinese to investigate that? Can I finish what I what it is that I haven't finished? Okay, what, then answer what I would have asked them to investigate if I did. The 1.5 billion was in a company that was specially established called Bohai Harvest Rosemont Seneca or some crazy name like that. The partners were Joe Biden's son, John Kerry's stepson, the Bank of China, one third partner at least, and the Thornton Group that was owned by Whitey Bulger's nephew. 
Now, that's all out there. You can go and look at it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It should okay. be investigated. And, 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 what Hunter Biden's lawyer said Did I ever didn't ask the Chinese government? No. It's not my... If I did that, you could truly say I was investigating Joe Biden. I'm not investigating Joe Biden. I fell upon Joe Biden in investigating how the Ukrainians were conspiring with the Hillary Clinton campaign to turn over dirty information, including something for which a Ukrainian has already been convicted. So I have a very solid basis for doing it. Unbelievable. They uh, they cannot have Rudy Giuliani out there bringing up these these questions. They're uh, they're they're not able to keep up with their cover ups on behalf of the Obama administration, Hillary Clinton, George Soros and, uh, and the others. Eighty three thousand dollars a year Hunter Biden received from this Ukrainian gas company, eighty three thousand dollars a month, excuse me. That's that's almost a million dollars a year to meet twice a year. He was there for one reason and one reason only. It's very simple to understand. He rode on Air Force Two to China with Joe Biden and walked away with commitments of a billion dollars into a startup venture capital firm. Absolutely prima facie proof of corruption. And they desperately want to get uh, get Rudy Giuliani off the air. So one of the other narratives that have uh, emerged in all of this is they're trying to say that Donald Trump, by questioning the motives of this so-called whistleblower, is putting the whistleblower, uh, they're putting his life at risk. And he's having to be protected by federal law enforcement. Over at CNN, um, the former Republican Dave Gergen said that if somebody goes after the whistleblower, the blood is going to be on Donald Trump's hands. Now, this is coming from uh, a network and uh, a political party that has repeatedly engaged in assassination porn against this president. They have mounted theatrical productions with uh, dramatic Episodes of them murdering Donald Trump in the Ides of March, a Shakespeare uh, scene. They've had uh, they've had comedians, Kathy Griffith, displaying a severed Trump head. And just recently on Saturday Night Live, see if we've got time for this clip. Um, they've had talk about. Uh, they need to just forego the whole impeachment effort and uh, and and find and assassinate Donald Trump is basically what they're they're um, advocating. Thirty seven seconds. Yeah, here is this uh, this clip that aired last week on Saturday Night Live. All right, maybe I just don't understand politics well because when they said Trump is getting impeached, I immediately thought, great, Trump's fired. Let's get drunk. <laughs> But they're like, no, he's just being impeached, but he ain't exactly peached yet. It's still going to take another year or so. And I'm like, well, damn, that sucks. Let's get drunk. 
I mean, president is only a four-year job, but it feels like it's taking him five years to just fire his ass. It's frustrating. You know, I bet somebody explained how long impeachment takes to John Wilkes Booth, and he was like, okay, well, where is he at right now? You know, there was a time on Saturday Night Live when they relied on the audience reaction. Now they're using canned laughter as like a, uh, a cheap second-rate sitcom because this stuff is not funny. Donald Trump trying to find out the origins of this whistleblower complaint is threatening the whistleblower. But the Democrats and their mouthpieces in the media are allowed to actually raise the uh, specter of assassinating the president. No problem there. We're going to run out to a break. It's going to be two messages, and then we'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. So old David Gergen over at CNN says that if something happens to this whistleblower, the blood will be on the hands of Donald Trump. It's nuts for the president to be talking about treason in this environment, Gergen said. He said the other day, basically... Uh, suggested at breakfast that the whistleblower was a spy. You know, the implication is that we ought to execute that person. Really? <laughs> How many times? I, I, actually, I think it was William Weld was on CNN just a couple of weeks ago. Actually, a week ago, saying that Donald Trump was guilty of treason and the, uh, the, uh, the sentence for treason was uh, death. Nobody had anything to say about that. There is a very good chance, Gergen says, that the name of this whistleblower is going to get out one way or the other in the next two or three weeks. If somebody goes after him, the blood is going to be on the hands of the president. These words simply give license to crazy people to go after someone that they think is the enemy of the people. Gergen says uh, he implied that this whistleblower was a spy. Well, the whistleblower is a spy. The whistleblower works for the CIA. The document that he put together with the help of this Washington resistance law firm is a report of spying and, uh, based on anonymous sources, very similar to the, uh, to the so-called dossier. This is a, this is a tactic 
that the uh, the Democrats always use when they put forward these allegations. As soon as uh, somebody questions them or calls into question their motivations, they say, oh, death threats, death threats, I'm getting death threats. It's the exact same strategy. They've deployed it again and again, but the most uh, the most glaring example is uh, when Christine Blase Ford came forward with her unsubstantiated allegations against um, uh, Brent, Brent Kavanaugh. They said, uh, oh, you know, she's getting death threats and uh, and you have to stop your criticism. They did it with Stephen Hopper, too, in this exact same case. The interference in 2016. Stephen Hopper, when his um, entrapment effort and his infiltration, undercover infiltration of the Trump campaign came to light, they said, oh, you're not allowed to bring forward uh, this information because Stephen Hopper will be put at risk. These are the very people who leaked Hopper's identity and then claimed that the Trump administration was putting him into uh, mortal danger. These are ta- this is a tactic, and they deploy it again and again. And the next thing that they will do, and they did it in the uh, the case of Christine Bosley Ford, is they'll come out with uh, other unsubstantiated allegations, and then they'll claim that there's a a tactic. Remember. Michael Avenatti brought forward Julie Swetnick and uh, and Deborah Ramirez against Kavanaugh. Well, then they'll say, "Oh, there's a pattern of this behavior," because the the subsequent allegations will be even weaker than the first, but they won't get the same level of scrutiny. They will just be used to establish the so-called pattern. Excuse me. So, it, it, you know, you have to remember this in the context of what happened to whistleblowers during the Obama administration. Donald Trump hasn't called for prosecuting this whistleblower. He has raised the fact that he was a deep state spy, and that is uh, evidently the fact. We know this guy was a CIA operative. We also know that his complaint would have never come forward had somebody in the intelligence community actually changed the rules on these whistleblower reports because he had no firsthand knowledge. But remember back what happened to whistleblowers during the Obama administration. Here's a here's actually James Risen of the New York Times talking about it. One of the problems is that Trump is taking advantage of the path laid first by the Bush administration and then by the Obama administration in prosecuting uh, whistleblowers under the Espionage Act, in which uh, they are by definition treated as spies. uh, and And the whole way in which both Bush and Obama went after the press uh, ha- and tried to increase uh, prosecutions of whistleblowers is led to this, you know, final, uh, finally we've hit bottom with Trump. Finally we've hit bottom with Trump because he dares question the motivations of this whistleblower. This was a coordinated effort 
with a resistance law firm with somebody in the intelligence community, either Gina Haspel or uh, the new director of national intelligence. It may have been actually the, uh, the woman that expected to get the uh, promotion to the director of national intelligence and resigned when she didn't get it. She may have done it as one of her last acts before walking out the door. But they're coordinating. And now John Brennan, who is at the bottom of all of this, this wrongdoing that took place, is trying to deploy these new rules to gen up these extra allegations that will uh, try to establish some sort of pattern because none of these allegations have to be based on firsthand knowledge. And the whistleblower will basically become... Um, immune to being fired or disciplined because they wrote this uh, whistleblower complaint. John Brennan's out there calling on an unlimited number of spies embedded in the deep state to use this new whistleblower form to report Donald Trump following this, uh, this smear by an anonymous CIA officer. Brennan tweeted out, a reminder to federal officials, there is no limit on the number of individuals who can use the whistleblower statute. In other words, let's file as many as we can based on unsubstantiated rumors. If you think you were involved in unlawful activity as a result of a directive from Mr. Trump or someone doing his bidding, now is the time to report it. You don't think Brennan's in a bit of a panic because uh, Bob Barr's over there in Europe asking questions about how the foreign intelligence agencies got deployed. Unbelievable. Well, Lindsey Graham over there at the Senate Judiciary Committee has taken notice that a lot of people are starting to ask, why is he continuing to sit on his hands and not, uh, not come forward to do his job and investigate uh, the FBI and the Department of Justice's role in the 2016 campaign. And uh, and he appeared, I'm looking for this clip. He appeared on uh, Maria Bartiromo's show uh, last Sunday, Futures, Sunday Morning Futures. you got to watch that show. And, uh, and said, not for the first time, that he's going to start looking into this. And finally... Um, point out that there was nothing whatsoever improper or untoward about the conversation that Donald Trump had with the Ukrainian president. President have something to worry about in terms of that phone call he had with the leader of Ukraine? I think every president would have a lot to worry about if this phone call is handled the way they're talking about. Can you imagine future presidents having a phone call with a foreign leader and it winds up going to Congress? If that's not an executive privilege moment, I don't know what would be. So the foreign minister of the Ukraine said there's no pressure. They've got the money. Nothing's happened. But here's something that really did surprise me. Joe Biden said everybody's looked at this and found nothing. Who is everybody? Nobody's looked at the Ukraine and the Bidens. Nobody's looked at the role the Ukraine played in the 2016 election. Well, that's not true. The New York Times looked at it. The Washington Post looked at it. And they both decided there, there was nothing there. So there's nothing more to be investigated, according to the talking heads on the cable news shows. Oh, this has already been debunked by the New York Times and the Washington Post. Keep in mind, that was the same New York Times and Washington Post that uh, pushed this Russia collusion hoax on us for three years. 
Nobody's looked at this. Nobody has done any investigation. And now that Bill Barr is, that's why they're mounting this impeachment effort against the president. Do you think the media in America would really look at it and report on it if there was something bad for the Bidens or, or they unduly interfered in the 2016 election? So here's what I'm calling on. Yeah. Calling for. I'm calling for somebody in the Justice Department to look at all things Ukraine. We've looked at all things Russia and Trump. Somebody in the Justice Department. How about you do it? Lindsey Graham, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Why don't you call for the appointment of a special counsel? Actually, I don't want a special counsel. I'm perfectly happy with John Durham digging into this. The Republicans sometimes act like they've got Stockholm syndrome, that they have started empathizing with their their tormentors. His family, everything about his family, every transaction between the Trump campaign and Russia. Now it's time to see whether or not the Ukrainians released information regarding Manafort, who is Trump's campaign manager. What relationships, if any, did the the Biden world have to the Ukraine? We don't have to uh, find out if the Ukraine did it. We know the Ukraine did it. The question is, who prompted them to do it was their reporting against Manafort accurate. And why did Tony Podesta and Vin Weber both skate for doing exactly the same thing that Paul Manafort is now in jail for? What role, if any, did the Ukraine play in the 2016 election? So nobody's looked at this, but somebody should. So I'm hoping the Department of Justice will look at the Biden-Ukraine connection like we looked at the Trump-Russia connection. So you're calling... What is he talking about? He's hoping the Department of Justice looks at it. They are looking at it. The question is, why aren't you looking at it? Why aren't you calling witnesses up there? Why don't you call Hunter Biden to come and testify and ask exactly what he did in exchange for $83,000 per month, over $3 million, from this corrupt Ukrainian oil and gas company? And ask him under oath. Did he have any conversations with his dad? Did they coordinate the firing of this Ukrainian prosecutor that was looking into his company? Call him forward in open committee and get to the bottom of some of this stuff. Calling for an investigation Absolutely. by the DOJ can into you imagine, Ukraine and its dealings into the Can you the imagine States? if this was the Trump family doing oh. business like this? So, it- Oh, please. <laughs> They are already investigating it. This is just Lindsey Graham trying to obfuscate why he is not doing his job as chairman of the Judiciary Committee. You know, the Democrats can get away with all of this because they they control 95% of the media. It is perfectly normal and perfectly appropriate now that... Robert Mueller has completed his investigation for Donald Trump to ask why it happened. The Democrats knew that Bill Barr was going to do this, but now that he's actually starting to hit pay dirt, they want to put the administration back on the defensive. This is Jim Hansen appearing on um, the morning show over at Fox News. He's a, uh, a former uh, official with one of the uh, law enforcement agencies. 
got paid $3 million over 16 months with zero expertise in the area, and his father comes in and gets the prosecutor who could look into that fired. Of course that's something the U.S. has an interest in finding out the truth about. And I think the interesting thing here is that people say that for some reason Joe Biden should get a pass on this being investigated just because he's running for president. That's not the case. He was the vice president of the United States who may have used his authority to change the the outcome of an investigation in another country to help his own son. That's something President Trump can and should ask the Ukrainian president about. And the idea that 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 is not something that should happen just because Biden's a candidate is absurd. You remember after uh, Trump won and Donald Trump was talking about investigating Hillary Clinton's um, involvement in this Russiagate hoax, the, the news media response was, well, there's no reason. You can't investigate Hillary Clinton. She's just a private citizen. She's not running for office anymore. It's time to move on. Well, now that very same media that says we couldn't investigate Hillary Clinton because she was not running for office is saying that we can't investigate Joe Biden because he is running for office. He has some sort of magic immunity for his past wrongdoing because he's running for president of the United States. (laughs) The, dumb, the double standard. If they, if they didn't have a double standard, they'd have no standards at all. We're going to run out to a commercial. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries, so there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over a dollar thirty in Canadian dollars, and it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. That's 800-932-1596. So thank God for the alternative media. You know, when they they uh, forced Richard Nixon from office, there was no alternative media. And, and this is sort of the legacy of why the Democrats are so shell or the Republicans, I should say, are so shell shocked is because they're used to the mainstream media controlling the narrative. But with the emerging alternative media, it's becoming harder and harder for the mainstream media to engage in these cover ups and keep a lid on these facts. And Peter Schweitzer, who certainly should have won a Pulitzer Prize for his uh, reporting on the corruption, both on behalf of the Democrats and the Republicans, by making themselves rich and their families rich off of their uh, government connections, uh, recently appeared on One American News Network talking about the three things you really need to understand about Joe Biden's involvement in the Ukraine. It's a long clip I'm going to play you. Because we have got to get the information out using every 
every avenue we can to try to overcome the misinformation coming from the mainstream media. Hello, this is Peter Schweitzer. Today, you're going to learn three things about Joe Biden. And what you're going to learn about is how the Biden family has offshored its corruption. What is offshoring corruption? This means when a politician themselves don't necessarily benefit from the policy decisions that they make, but their family members do. They like to do things this way because they can avoid detection and they don't have to disclose the financial ties or relationships or income of their family members. These sorts of deals work with foreign governments because that's how business is done in their countries. They like these kinds of deals with American politicians because they are familiar to them and they are happy to do these kinds of deals with American politicians regardless of their political affiliation. So here are the three things that you need to know about Joe Biden. Thing number one that you need to know about Joe Biden, and that is that while he was vice president, the Chinese government and Ukrainian oligarchs made his family very wealthy. Let's begin in December of 2013. Then Vice President Joe Biden is flying on Air Force Two to Beijing, China. He's got a lot of sensitive issues to discuss with his counterparts, including trade issues, national security matters, and North Korea. But on the plane with him was Hunter Biden, his son. Hunter Biden was the head of a small financial consultancy called Rosemont Seneca Partners. Now, what's most interesting is not what happened in Beijing, but what happened 10 days later when they returned. And that's when Hunter Biden's small financial consultancy landed a $1 billion private equity deal from the Chinese government. What they set up was something called Bohai Harvest RST, and it was a unique arrangement. All the big players in finance in China, whether it's Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, none of them had the kind of arrangement that the vice president's son enjoyed. And to top it all off, Hunter Biden at the time had no background in China and had little background in private equity. Let's go to another country, Ukraine. Just four months after that deal was landed with the Chinese government, Hunter Biden joined the board of a Ukrainian energy company called Burisma. Burisma is headed by two corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs who are under investigation by the Ukrainian government. What's interesting here is, of course, Hunter Biden had no background in Ukraine and he had no background in the energy field. Thing number two to know about Joe Biden, and that is that new documents shed light on just how much money oligarchs were sending to the Biden family while he was vice president. We have a glimpse of this, not because the Biden family has disclosed it, but because documents that came out in a court case offer access to financial records involving Hunter Biden. By looking at this just one account, we know what was flowing into the account and what was flowing out while Joe Biden was vice president. Flowing in over an 18-month period was $3.1 million from the Ukrainians. There was $142,000 that showed up from a Kazakh oligarch. And then there was a mysterious $1.2 million from a limited liability company that nobody seems to know where it exists that funneled the money to a small Swiss bank that has been implicated in international money laundering. Now, now keep in mind, the mainstream media shows absolutely no interest in digging into any of this whatsoever. These are all records that were filed in court. 
it would be very easy for the New York Times to go start asking some questions. That's not their purpose. Their purpose is to run interference for the Democrats and try to discredit any actual investigative reporting that goes on, such as Peter Schweitzer has done. Flowing out of the account, hundreds of thousands of dollars into the personal banking accounts of Hunter Biden himself. $142,000 to a luxury auto dealership. Another $182,000 to a luxury watch company. This is all from just one account. Thing number three that you need to know about Joe Biden, and that is that money flowed to his family that made them wealthy while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. In fact, he was the point person on U.S. policy towards China, and he was even criticized from time to time for going soft on Beijing. That's troubling in light of the fact that he was doing this while his son was striking billion-dollar private equity deals with that same government. So we've got a relationship with China that that is absolutely wrecking uh, the heartland of this country. They're stealing jobs. They're stealing our intellectual property. They are um, shipping subsidized below market goods into this country to try to destroy our domestic manufacturing base. And while at the same time, we're supposed to be trying to represent our nation's best interest, you've got Joe Biden over there who is taking point on China for the Obama administration. And China is funneling one and a half billion dollars in private equity funds to his corrupt son who has no qualifications for that whatsoever. (laughs) And we're supposed to just turn away, turn a blind eye to all of this. Or look at the Ukraine. In the case of the Ukraine, the very energy company that was paying Hunter Biden millions of dollars was under investigation in the Ukraine for corruption. Ukrainian officials have claimed that Joe Biden pressured them to suspend or end that investigation. That's in fact what the Ukraine did. These are very troubling issues because of three words that are central to American politics today. Those three words are follow the money. We have all kinds of arrangements in this country to monitor the influence of money. If I make a campaign contribution, that gets disclosed. If a politician owns stock in a company, that gets disclosed. But if their adult children strike billion-dollar private equity deals with foreign governments that are our rivals, no disclosure is required. Essentially, we are trusting politicians like Joe Biden to do the right thing when it comes to money and the influence of money. I think it's a huge mistake for us to trust them to do that. You know, the the responsibility, the the very reason that the First Amendment is in there uh, guaranteeing freedom of the press is so there will be a watchdog um, monitoring corruption in the government. But because the uh, the mainstream media has been taken over by by the Democrats and are no longer engaged in actual journalism, but instead propaganda and running interference for the Democrats, we're left to this alternative media, such as this station, and maybe, you know, sometimes uh, the evening hosts on Fox News to get this information out. And when it was realized that, uh, that Bill Barr was, in fact, getting to the bottom of the wrongdoing in 2016, oh, Adam Schiff trotted before the microphones based on this, uh, this bogus whistleblower campaign and accused 
the president of engaging in so-called mob tactics, mafia tactics. And it was just a couple of, uh, in the next couple of days that almost the entire mainstream media picked up that theme and ran with it. This president in his conversations with the president of Ukraine was speaking like an organized crime boss. Uh, he said this was classic mafia style talk. Uh, about Absolutely. This. You don't need to be explicit to set up a shady deal. I mean, if you've ever watched any mafia, anything. I mean, to people who see this kind of stuff in movies, uh, you see mob bosses doing it. Anyone who watches mob movies knows that's not how it happens. Um, this strikes me as a call that's really more appropriate um, to be reading a transcript of from a mob wiretap. This is how a mafia boss talks. We always have people talking about how Donald Trump speaks like a mobster. I don't like these mafia-like tactics to try to intimidate witnesses. We see this from mob bosses. We do not see this from presidents. What those notes reflect is a classic mafia-like shakedown of a foreign leader. He gets the mob talk. Donald Trump sought to run U.S. foreign policy the way Tony Soprano ran his crime family. Shaking people down is what he does. He doesn't know how to do anything else. He thinks he's Tony Soprano, and in a lot of ways, he is Tony Soprano. They're both overweight mouth breathers who are disappointed with their sons. Now, keep in mind that none of Donald Trump's inquiries into the origins of the Russiagate hoax involved any sort of financial uh, benefit to himself at all. As compared with Joe Biden, who was using United States taxpayer funds, $1 billion, why we were going to give a billion dollar uh, loan guarantee to Ukraine is still up in the air. Still an unanswered question, but he was actually engaged in an extortion racket. All Trump was doing is trying to get to the truth. Now, you may say, well, that truth was going to help his reelection. Well, if Joe Biden was, in fact, over there selling out American interests for millions of dollars for his son, then that is something that uh, the American people ought to know and would be a responsibility for Donald Trump to bring to life. Donald Trump asking about it as being a mob boss. Joe Biden actually shaking down foreign leaders. That's not a mob boss. Oh, no, you're not even allowed to ask those questions. Uh, Well, we're going to talk about this again in the coming weeks, I'm I'm sure. But uh, tomorrow's show, we're going to try to get to some of the other news. I hope you join us then uh, right now with Jim Dawes and the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.